You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 390. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 390. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? Without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, Amy E. Smith. My beautiful badasses, I hope that you are having the most incredible day, and I'm thrilled to bring you another awesome episode of the Joy Junkie Show podcast. As you may know, we are switching up the format around these parts. So what I have decided to do, and this has been loud and clear from the audience when I pulled you all to see what your preferences would be that everybody really, really loved the deep dives around one particular topic that spanned over about three to four episodes and was approached from different perspectives. So last week, I gave sort of an introductory episode around this series of perfectionism. This week, I am going to try to get on the phone. I'm going to dial them up. Jenna Teague and Ashley Looker, who are incredible coaches, who started a company, y'all get this, it's called F Perfect, where they most commonly tout the phrase, Let's give a middle finger to perfection. So I'm going to give them a ring here in a second and see if they can share with us how they even define perfectionism. I know that for many of us, it shows up in very, very different ways. Sometimes it's complete procrastination where we don't move forward because things have to be so perfect. Sometimes it's this obsession about what other people think about how we're presenting ourselves. So I want to get their thoughts on their definition, any tools and tips and tricks that they might have, and have a really great conversation with them. Just a quick heads up, Jenna is a psychotherapist. She is a vision biz strategist. She's been working in this field for over 15 years, helping clients dream bigger, execute their big vision. And she is just super incredible. I had the great fortune to be on their podcast. And they are just brilliant individuals that I sure hope pick up the phone. Ashley Looker is the other part of this brilliant endeavor. She's a wellness and empowerment coach who shows ambitious, overachieving women. Hello, can we get a hands up there? How to slow down and align with their soul purpose so they can step out of overwhelm and busyness. Oh my God, how much do we glorify busyness in our culture? And I think that's something that we struggle with as perfectionists all the time or recovering perfectionists is how to actually rest. So often we are producing, 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 and we put so much stock in our identity around what we are producing, so much so that if we rest, we start to beat ourselves up and we're not really able to decompress and recharge because we're consumed with everything being perfect. So I'm going to give them a ring here. I wanted to also invite you to a completely free workshop that I have for you all. Now, I wanted to mention this. I recently got an email from a woman who asked me, how on earth do you give away all of these things for free? And it dawned on me, and this is something that I think a lot of my students who've gone through my signature program, which is called Deep Down and Dirty, it's a huge immersion, spans over about four months. It's radically transformative. But I think that they would would echo this sentiment. Most people get a lot out of this podcast. They get a lot of out of this show. I've heard from many of y'all that there have been concepts that were really life-changing for you. But hear me when I say this is a taste. This is a snippet. I save my most profound work for Deep Down and Dirty. 
And I've had numerous students tell me, holy shit, I thought the pod gave a lot. This is incredible. And that is why so many people who go through that training, who struggled with perfectionism, who struggled with people pleasing, being obsessed with what everybody else thinks, being riddled with self-doubt, trying to control everything, and always coming up feeling like they are not enough, like no matter what, I'm just not deserving. That is why they go through a complete 180 and get to this other side where they genuinely believe that they matter, that they they are worthy, that they are enough, and then every fucking thing in their life changes. A lot of times people will come to that program, come to that work when there's one area of their life that is really hurting, where it's gotten too painful to stay the same. Maybe it's a romantic partnership. It might be a relationship with a family member. It could be a workplace or just a general feeling of I am so stuck. There's a place where it manifests. There's a place where it hurts the most. But underneath all of that, there's usually that through line, that belief that I'm just not deserving of this life that I want, that it's just not possible for me. And then that manifests and starts showing up as perfectionism, people-pleasing, et cetera, all those things that I mentioned earlier. So if that is you, And you have gotten taste after taste after taste, but you are ready for radical transformation. You want your life and your operating system, how you engage with life, to be completely different. Please go check out this free workshop that I have for you. It's the first step to starting to work with me. It showcases the work that I do, why it's different. You will definitely want to have a pen and paper handy. I talk a lot about the subconscious versus the conscious mind and why that might be impeded eating some really remarkable change in your life. So just imagine if you've gotten any little nuggets from this show, how your life could massively transform if you immersed yourself into a dedicated mentorship with me over a four-month period of time where you can literally bring me anything. So go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. That's your first place. Have your pen and paper handy. At the end of that workshop, you will see an opportunity to book a call with a member of my team to discuss if Deep Down and Dirty is the right next step for you. So if you are done, if you are sick of having perfectionism or people-pleasing or self-doubt controlling your life, and you've got to get back to a confident, empowered, beautiful place, please start there. The link will also be in your show notes. All right. So... I am hoping that I can catch Jenna and Ashley. Let's give them a ring and see if we can see what they have to say on the subject. Hello. Ashley. Hey, it's Amy. Hey, what's up, girl? Hey, is Jenna with you right now? Yes, she's helping me dye my hair and you should see the fucking blue dye like everywhere. It is literally we're covered in it. We're oh like smurfs, Amy. We're we're oh. smurfed up to the max. I I can totally relate because I went through a blue hair phase myself and it's it's no joke, but uh, so I'm here with my audience over, you know, at the Joy Junkie show. I'm curious if you guys have a minute where or maybe a little longer than a minute just to toss around some ideas around perfectionism. Yes. Oh my gosh. Always. Always. Okay, cool. (laughs) So we're, we're at a, we're not at a crucial point with the hair dye. Ah, we're, we're good. I think we're good for the time being. Yes. Okay. Let's let, (laughs) let's let it sit on the hair for, for a good 30 minutes or so. Yes. Um, Perfect timing. Perfect timing. I love it. All right. So I, I want to know first off, how would you define perfectionism? Oh my gosh. I feel like it's been a long time since I've thought about the definition and how I would personally define perfectionism. But the first thing that comes to mind is that I define it as a fucking myth and completely unrealistic. And Mm. yet for me personally, it's something that it's almost like addicting like I can, t- I find myself still chasing it for whatever reason, for approval, for, you know, 
to feel worthy, to feel like enough. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a tricky one. What about you, Jenna? I'm right there with you, Ash. I feel like um, perfectionism, like my version of the dictionary definition would be unreasonably high standards for oneself and or others, unmeetably high standards. And I think one of the myths surrounding perfectionism is that in order to identify with the label of perfectionist, a person has to be striving for for perfection across all areas of their life. Like, perfect house, perfectly organized, perfect wardrobe, perfect career. You know, if you're in school, perfect grades. I think some of us fall into that where it's like just across the board, striving for those unmeetable standards. But I think for most of us perfectionists and recovering perfectionists, we have these little pockets where for some reason we're just hooked on achieving whatever the unmeetable standard is in that area. And maybe in other parts of our lives, we're chill as fuck. But I think pockets of perfectionism are equally toxic as across the board perfectionism. I'm really glad you brought that up because I I think that there are certain things that we ascribe perfectionism to. And we think, okay, if you are, if you have perfectionist tendencies, then you are an ultra, ultra high achiever. And sometimes that's not necessarily congruent. Sometimes it's, it's the need to control at all costs. Right. And, but the reason I asked y'all that is because I find that there are a lot of people who I come in contact with who, who don't necessarily identify as, as a perfectionist. Like they wouldn't say, oh yeah, everything has to be perfect in my life. But then when we start talking about the actual behaviors or we start looking at, at things needing to look a specific way or that they need to be perceived in a specific way, they kind of go, holy shit, I think I, I think I do have perfectionist tendencies. Do, do you all see that at all? where people don't identify with it? So often. You do, Jenna? I think so. I think, okay. I think through the, through having a podcast ourselves that centers around perfectionism, one thing that I have noticed a lot of is like people in our, we call our audience, our fam. So people in the F perfect fam will come and be like, "Um, before I listened to your show, I never thought I was a perfectionist because I'm not an overachiever, like my house isn't clean, or I don't care what my clothes look like. But then they're like, I listen to you talk about it. And I'm like, holy shit, that's me. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that then. What, what are some of the really common ways that perfectionism shows up for people in their lives? How does it manifest? Well, I have a lot of clients that come to me around like body image, yeah. You know, the standards and the expectations that we have around our body needing to look a certain way, um, needing to weigh a certain number, like needing to have a certain aesthetic. So that's definitely a common one with myself too. That's kind of where my perfectionism lies as well. And also a lot of the people that I work with and myself too <laughs> is around like productivity and needing to like check all the things off the list and always going, always achieving, always doing. And it's like, you check all the things off the list and then you're like, I'm going to get one more thing done, no matter how exhausted I am or right. Just constantly chasing that, um, that validation. Like if I just get one more thing done or just, yeah, one more thing done, then I'll be good enough then I'll have reached that standard, you know, but it's always short-lived that feeling, right. Starts again the next day and the next day and the next day. So that's how I see it. Like mostly in my, in my business and how I experience it personally. It's interesting that you bring up productivity because that I I saw a meme the other day that was talking about getting rid of the to-do list and how the to-do list was, you know, sort of this mark of capitalism and this patriarchal notion of produce, 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 and you've got it. And I was thinking, holy Mm -hmm. fuck, if I don't have a to-do list, I'm a mess. But, Mm -hmm. but I also think that it's a slippery slope for a lot of people because if you don't accomplish things, which, you know, it's like that bar being set too high that Jenna was talking about. Mm -hmm. If we don't accomplish everything, then it, we create this cyclical self-loathing of, yeah, you're not enough. You're not enough. 
because you set the bar so high that you're not enough. Mm-hmm. So curious how you, how do you see it, Jenna? How does it show up for you in your work? Well, first I, I just want to say there are some categories that Ash and I identify as sort of the perfectionist spectrum. So Ooh. for us, it includes like perfectionism, people pleasing, mm-hmm. big, big connection between those two usually conflict avoidance and worthiness and approval seeking. So that's sort of like the umbrella of perfectionism. And for me, in my life, it it definitely shows up. Like you were saying, Amy has a a need for control, a desire and a need for control in a lot of areas. I have a lot of perfectionism about my space, how my space looks. I have a lot of perfectionism around achievement um, and productivity in work and career. That's a big one for me. And then I am a plus people pleaser. So anytime I can get sucked into trying to make other people happy, you're going to find me there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Although I'm working on it. I I really also love how you mentioned that it shows up in, in very specific areas, that it's not in all of the areas. For me, it shows up a lot in aesthetic of my business. You know, I can nitpick a font on my website or like the space in a website for fucking ever. And I have to stand back and go in the grand scheme of Amy Smith's life, how much does this matter if it's a this shade of red or this shade of red? Oh my gosh. And so those are those moments where I have to kind of step back. But then there's time, like in my bathroom right now, there's clothes on the floor. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily like it has to, and my bed's not made. So it'll, you know, pop up in these, these different variants, I think. Mm -hmm. I think it's like really getting clear on like, what's important to you. Like if the font is really important to you, like spend some extra time, you know, but like, I feel like sometimes it's, it's a fine line and just getting really clear on where your priorities are and what is important to you. right? Right. Cause yeah, I just, I think that's important too. It's, I think what it's about finding that happy medium, that balance, because if I'm up until 3am for shit, that really doesn't matter. That's it's no longer providing joy. It's stealing joy. And so it's, it's kind of walking that, that line, I think, but I was going to ask you both too. Do you ever find that because you speak on these things like approval or people pleasing perfectionism, you almost hold yourself to a higher standard because you speak about it, like forces you to work on your people pleasing and things. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Jenna and I talk about this all the time on our, our podcast too. Yeah. Just how it forces us to kind of do the work. Like when we're meeting and connecting and and talking about perfectionism every week, like it, it keeps it at the forefront of our mind. I've definitely been guilty of like then raising the standard even more for myself. Cause it's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm the one that teaches about perfectionism and okay. So then I have to like get this perfectly. And it's like, holy shit, Ash, like, okay, like take a step back, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a fine line for me too. Yeah. What about you, Jenna? At first it was kind of a running joke between us. Like, are we doing mm. this podcast for the people who may be listening or are we doing it as an accountability project for ourselves? Like, yeah holding ourselves to like doing this work and not falling into perfectionistic and people pleasing patterns as perfect fam has grown it has just knowing that there are people out there who are resonating who are seeing themselves reflected in perfectionism for the first time and that that's serving a positive function for them identifying that i think it just makes us keep going and keep committing to doing the work of not falling into those traps I think there's this misconception with personal development that you, once you understand a concept or once you fully have had this aha moment, or you've recognized something about yourself, that it just becomes this natural response going forward. And if you've developed a sense of perfectionism or people pleasing or approval seeking or conflict avoidance, like you were saying, we develop those as a defense mechanism, you know, not just for the hell of it, but we do it because it's the way in which we can stay safe or how we stayed safe as a child. And then we kept that as the coping mechanism. So I'm curious if, uh, if either of you feel like perfectionism can ever be a good thing. I would say for me at this point, if you are aware of your perfectionism, 
that definitely can be a good thing. But hmm. unacknowledged perfectionism, like just running rampant without your awareness, I don't think that can ever be good because you don't have any opportunities to make choices about how that is operating in your life. But if you have awareness of your perfectionism and you can make choices that serve you, I think there are benefits that many perfectionists use to get through life. Right. Just like there are downsides, like you were saying, like an overused coping mechanism that starts working against you. There's also upsides that allow perfectionists to be really productive and successful and creative and driven. Um, And so I think if we have awareness around those patterns and we can make conscious choices about how to use those skills, that can be a good thing. Oh yeah. I just was going to second that because just thinking about it, like in my own life without the awareness of my perfectionism, it's, it's very unhealthy. It's, I don't know if there's an an upside to it. Um, That awareness piece is definitely key. Otherwise I'm just down the rabbit hole of perfectionism day in and day out. So that's, that's kind of one of the first things that we talk, we talk about on the podcast too, is like having and building that awareness around those patterns of perfectionism. I think, you know, what stands out for me is I have a very, very strong value around accuracy and precision, right? Like I like things to be exact. I like them to be dialed out. And so I think there's a difference between shooting for excellence or striving for excellence and perfection and feeling like something has to be perfect. And it's a fallacy. Like you were talking about at the beginning, Ashley, like it's, it actually doesn't exist. So we've created this thing where we are striving for something where we always come up, not enough. That's the worthiness piece, right? The excellence is like your personal best. You know what I mean? Versus somebody else's fucking standard. You know, because I think that perfectionism, like you're, you're chasing somebody else's standard that was, that we've been taught that we've been conditioned to believe. But I think with excellence, it's our own personal best. Like it's what we define as that, you know? And I think that, that has made all the difference for me. I think, you know, one of the things that I try to say to myself is, okay, my ideal would be. X, Y, or Z, but here's what's real. Here's what's true. Here's what's, you know, I don't have to lose sight of my ideal, but I can recognize, okay, that's not available right now. So let's have some acceptance. Cause I do think, and I'm curious to hear what you think about this. Sometimes when I'm working with people on this topic, if we remove the element of perfectionism, it's such a, it's kind of a blow to someone's identity where they go, my perfectionism got me through grad school, got me into the career that I have, got me to have the best grades, got whatever, whatever it is, where it's been the vehicle for success in some way that the idea of letting go of it feels like just a slap to your identity. Like what, who am I then? Any, your thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. I actually think that perfectionism is a block to identity. Ooh, say more about that. Perfectionism is inherently disidentified. It's not in any way unique or individual. It's an unmeetable ideal and it can be a vehicle to achievement, but it is an impediment to identity development because in striving for perfection, we do not learn anything about ourselves. We don't learn about our personal best. We don't learn about who we are and what our standards and our values are. We only attach to these unmeetable idealistic benchmarks. And so I think often perfectionism is a protection against what we fear we would find out about ourselves in the absence of those standards. And so you know, the people that you're referencing working with, I think I would suggest that what they are actually afraid of is losing this placeholder of their identity of perfectionism and having to actually explore 
who they are as a unique individual human being not some like robot automaton perfect standard that's a terrifying prospect to go oh i've been operating really well with this defense mechanism and this this nice facade and i'm kind of terrified of what i might find out about myself and i'm terrified what other people might think of that Mm -hmm. authentic version of me what i might think of it yeah. yeah. What I myself might judge of it. Is there a place to start with that? If somebody out there is, is really resonating with that and going, yeah, I'm going to, I'm just going to hold on to this because I'm a little <laughs> terrified. I'm going to keep my placeholder. What would be sort of a first step? I feel like this is totally um, an Ashley answer. So <gasps> feel free to, really? I'm, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give a you answer, which is to really explore your own personal values. It's you, right? You know it. Yes. Yes. You know it now that I've it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like what are the what are your actual values for yourself versus the standards and external values that you swallowed whole and thought were your own? That's a deep one. I've I've been sharing a little bit on the show lately about how I grew up in an extremely conservative born-again Christian family. And I deconstructed from the church a good 20 years ago, if not not more. But now in the face of social media and things like that, I'm realizing these communities that are talking about a lot of value systems that I was instilled with that are unbelievably abusive. And I'm, I'm kind of going, oh, wow, that seemed really noble, but holy shit, that was gaslighting or, (laughs) you know, so I can see how the unraveling of the values that we think we're supposed to have Mm -hmm. versus uncovering what we really value, that piece can be sort of a, a sticky process too. It's so ingrained, you know? Like those values, like the societal values that were taught, like the family values that were taught growing up. It's so, it's so ingrained. It takes a lot of time to unravel and get clear on like, what is important to me? Yeah. Right. Like where do my, where, where are my values? Well, yeah, it takes time to unravel that. When I, and I teach values in, in the work that I do. And so instead of having people kind of shop from this list of, Oh, I think generosity should be one of them. I look at, I describe it as the components that must be present in your life in order for you to be fulfilled. Mm. I love that definition. Right? Because it's like, it, it doesn't have to match any ideology. It's just, these are the things that need to be present in order for me to be happy and fulfilled. That is so good. I might have to steal that from you, Amy. (laughs) Okay. It's well, it's on record. So yes. (laughs) So let me, let me ask you, I know that the two of you talk about perfectionism being kind of a sneaky bitch and I would love for you to explain a little bit more about that. Okay. I feel like this is a, cause Jenna like actually coined this. I feel like you said this one of the first episodes, I swear. And it's just stuck, right? Like yeah. Jenna like coined this. So I feel like I'm going to give this one to Jenna. Okay. And then I'll fill in if I feel like I need to. Fill in the blanks. <laughs> the reason that we say that perfectionism is a sneaky bitch is a couple reasons. Like one as we've kind of been talking about, perfectionism can fly under the radar, can go unacknowledged for what it is, even though that is what it is. So it kind of sneaks in there and we don't even notice that it's present. So I think that's part of it. And the other reason is because perfectionism just spider webs out into our lives. Like perfectionism is a way of approaching the world, a way of interacting with the world, a way of being, a way of thinking, a way of showing up such that it spider webs into all areas of our lives, just like a crack in a car windshield. Like it's just going to expand. Right. It's just going to expand unchecked. And maybe it starts out as, as, um, as, you know, being like kids growing up in school and focusing on grades, but it's not going to stay there. It's going to get its little claws into any place that it can. And the other analogy that I really like is it's like Mm -hmm. whack-a-mole. Just when you think you've got one area like tamped down, you're like, 
fuck, I'm great. I'm not people pleasing anymore. I'm doing so good. Then it pops up somewhere else with comparison with your coworkers or something. So that's why I think we always need to be in awareness about where perfectionism is showing up and curious about where it might be flying under the radar. Yeah. And it's not as much as like, I, we've said this a trillion times, like it's something we just want to check off the list and be like, cool, like got that accomplished, like kicked people pleasing. Like it's, it's going to, (laughs) it's going (laughs) to pop up again. Right. It's like, I hate to put it this way, but like it, the work doesn't stop. Right. Like Jenna Mm -hmm. said, the, the aware, we need to continue to be aware of this because I don't know about you guys, but I learned perfectionism at a very, very young age, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's something that it's like my default setting. And when something has been your default setting for years, I mean, I'm 37, I've been Mm -hmm. operating in that way of being for a really long time. And And it takes being really aware of your thoughts and your behaviors to make those shifts. I was just going to say, I think that's why we talk about being recovery, recovering perfectionists. Mm -hmm. We sort of see it as like a lifelong commitment to Mm -hmm. continuing to grow and recover from the toxicity of perfectionism. That's right. We love this idea that just how can I be fixed? How can I never have to deal with my inner critic? How can I never have to worry about people pleasing? And I I tell people that's like, that's like thinking that you arrive to some level of health. Like you've done enough workouts, you've drank enough green juice and you've had enough (laughs) dentist appointments and doctor's appointments. You're done. You're done taking care of your physical self. And it's, there's never that many apples or doctor, you know, like (laughs) you keep going, you have to keep going. And the same is true. I think for our emotional selves and, you know, our spiritual selves, as far as recognizing that we're never done. So the way I describe it oftentimes is that it's not about eradicating fear or eradicating some of these common behavioral tactics. It's about that we engage with hardship from a completely different place. We're not void of hardship, but we approach it differently with, with a sense of awareness around, oh, here I am getting in my own way. Mm-hmm. Here I did it again. So I, I'm curious for the two of you, do you have, I know you, you, your podcast is Middle Finger to Perfection, right? That's the name, yes. which I love it. So can you tell me each of you, one of your most recent middle finger to perfection moment where you, you grappled with it real world, real lifetime. I can go first. I, because it's like, it's daily. I'm like middle fingers up, like on a constant basis, like (laughs) cause that's how much, how frequently it's coming up for me. But this is actually very personal and very like real within the last couple of days. So we're having like, we're dealing with some pretty intense family health issues with my husband's mom my mother-in-law and I've, I've found that within the last couple of days, I've like kind of gotten, but what you just said, Amy, like the fixer mode, yes, like really like, um, you know, we're also getting some construction stuff done at the house. And so Kyle, like his plate is full. So I'm like stepping up, right. I'm like stepping up into doing all the things and making sure I have dinner prepared every day. Like when he gets home, cause he's getting home late and I'm going to fix the dryer and I'm going to go to the heart, like putting all these crazy unrealistic expectations on myself to show up, you know, for him and be the strong one. And uh, the other day, I just, I, I recognized it finally, you know, after a couple days, I recognized, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to be like the perfect wife and like, yeah, holding space for, for him. And that's impossible, you know? And so I just had to really meet myself with a shit ton of compassion in that moment. Ash, you're not going to be the perfect wife. You're not going to be like, you're going to do the best that you possibly can, but like not having dinner on the table tonight, does not have anything to do with like your worth or your value, (laughs) you know? So yeah, that was, that was a very real one that I'm actually like still continuing to give my middle fingers to. (laughs) Sure. Sure. That room, that reminds me, I'm, I, I don't know if y'all have ever listened to Brene Brown's podcast, unlocking us. Mm -hmm. She, she talks about a, a really similar situation. I think it was one when her mom was sick and passing away 
and she was with her sisters and everybody sort of took a different role in the way in which that they adapt adapted to this trauma and the role that Brene was articulating was one of overfunctioning, which is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, totally. let me not be with what's actually painful here. Let me not actually deal with the trauma or the stress. Let's just go into fix it mode. And I, I no problem. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Let's get box lunches for everybody. And, you know, and, yep. and, uh, you know, at a cost. So I think this totally. is also really poignant to what you were talking about, Jenna, in, observing how it shows up, like really not letting it get so sneaky. Right. Cause in the moment, mm-hmm. in the moment you're thinking like, okay, I'm just going to help out my hubs. I'm doing good. And then, oh shit, I'm doing it again. I'm doing yeah. it again. Yeah. And all of a sudden it just takes over and yeah, I'm trying to do all the things for everybody all the time, sacrificing my health, my emotional, you know, my emotional health as well, my physical health, all the things I think what's in important for me to recognize is like those, that stress, you know, that stress is, is a trigger for perfectionism for me to, um, kind of rear its ugly head. So yeah, yeah, lots of learning, (laughs) lots of learning, um, right now for me, but yeah, that's, that's my latest and most vulnerable perfectionist moment. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. How about you, Jenna? I I don't know that mine is quite that vulnerable, but it is pretty recent. I recently had somebody that I work with ask me if I could do some more work for them in the role that I, that I do. And for those of us who aren't hardcore people pleasers, that might seem like a really just easy question to answer. But for me, I was like, oh no, they want me to say (laughs) yes. I should say yes. I know I could do this work. I would be very good at it and it would be helpful. It would solve the problem. But then my whole other part of me that's trying to hold myself accountable is like, no, you know, you don't have any more time for work. Mm -hmm. You're trying to have less time for work. This is boundaries, girl. This is where you're supposed to do it. (laughs) You're supposed to set the boundary. And it was like such a moment for me to have to, we were messaging back and forth and have to message her back and say, I would really love to say yes, but I can't. Mm -hmm. Oh, still gets me even like telling you guys about that because- that's a tough boundary to set. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even the thought of maybe disappointing somebody, just maybe disappointing somebody is like, no, <laughs> right. just wanna, I want to run and hide, you know, when I'm faced with that kind of situation. So, and that, you know, I think that's another way in which I think disproportionately as women or, or those who identify as women, we have been taught from such an early age that we're responsible for everybody else's emotional state. Yep. So it's my responsibility to fill this person's business need, (laughs) right? Like it's not theirs. It must be mine. Mm -hmm. It must be mine to make sure my in-laws are okay as things are going on. And I need to make sure that my husband is okay. And, and it's such a fallacy and it's, but it's also ingrained, right? It's, it's in our cells too, from family of origin. And that also brings up another thing that I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are do you notice or do you have any data even on how perfectionism disproportionately affects those who identify as women versus those who identify as men or even non-binary or something other than identifying as women? Because it seems to me like it's rampant with for women in particular. That's been my experience personally. And with, I work with, um, mostly self-identifying women. So that's, that's definitely been the case in my experience, but I also know that my husband struggles with perfectionism and in, in, in certain ways that I never even recognized before. Um, so, but yeah, I don't know, Jenna, what about you? What do you think? I think one of the factors is at least in Western culture, what you were referencing, Amy, is the way that women are socialized as carrying a lot of the unacknowledged emotional labor right. mm-hmm. of the world of relationships. Sure. I think that emotional labor tends toward patterns of people pleasing and perfectionism because it goes unacknowledged and unseen by men and even ourselves as women unacknowledged all this extra space that we're holding. It's a lot harder for it to just run rampant. I mean, it's a lot easier rather 
for it to run rampant and be its sneaky self because no one is is shining a light on it. No one's recognizing it. Men definitely have struggles with perfectionism. And I think because of the way men and women are socialized differently in Western culture, the range of things that are socially acceptable for men to be perfectionistic about is yeah. much narrower than what women are, uh, are allowed. Like men can be perfectionistic and driven about their careers yeah. um, or about like athletic achievement or, you know, something like that. Right. Whereas there's not as much room for men to either talk about, reveal, grapple with perfections around body and things like that. Whereas with women, it's, of course, women are going to obsess about their bodies. And of course, they're going to obsess about what they look like and how they dress and their relationships. Whereas that expectation yeah. is not there from them. That may have been a bit rambly, yeah. but that's, that's my two cents. I'm with you on that. You know, I can't remember where I was listening to this, but they were talking about how, again, we're saying this in cisgendered forms, uh, which obviously doesn't apply to everybody, but that men are taught you're valuable based off of your productivity. Women, you are valuable based off of your beauty, off of your, what you look like and, and how, you know, I, I'll even talk about this with my husband. Like if, if he's, you know, shifting through social media, he, his ads are like tools or he's a body worker. So like body work contraptions and things like that, or, uh, cars or sports things. And every fucking ad in my feed is you aren't enough. Mm -hmm. Here's how your hair can be better. Yep. Here's how you can have no wrinkles. Here's how like every single thing is yeah. rooted in your body needs to be better. You need to look better. You need to be smarter. You need to be a better parent, whatever it might be. Um, but I think that's that's one of the ways that there's a major disconnect. And I also think based off of these kind of four pieces of criterion that you listed around perfectionism, people-pleasing, conflict avoidance, and then worthiness, approval, seeking, people-pleasing is the one that I think is heavily amplified with women too. Like I think about the curtness of emails that I get from men versus the elaborate flowery language I get from women. So a lot of times I think, how would a man respond to this email? And I just could send it off, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Those differences. I, I do want to throw in there there. I realized we left out one P one P of the perfectionism, people pleasing <laughs> list is procrastination. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yep, yep, yep. That's right, Which, Jenna. Interesting that we procrastinated to this point in the episode to talk <laughs> about procrastination. Um, but yeah, that's, that, that's a big one. Um, heavily correlated with perfectionism. I think people procrastinate for a myriad of different reasons, but perfectionism can definitely be one of them. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm curious if y'all see this too, where people, instead of, you know, because I know, Jenna, you've worked with people on building their businesses and things like that. Do you see where people are like, just one more degree, one more certification, just oh, one gosh. more finesse to the website, just <laughs> one more book. And it's like failure to launch by perfectionism and procrastination. You're just, you're calling me out, Amy. Like, I know you're talking uh -oh. to Jenna, but like, you're calling me out. I, I, didn't like that. Say, <laughs> I didn't want to say it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's a me a hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so let's talk tools then. So if, if anybody's kind of up against some of these things, perfectionism, people pleasing, what are some of your favorite tools to employ around that? Let's start, let's start with Ashley. So Jenna and I talk a lot and lean a lot on what we call ACC. So it stands for awareness, curiosity, and compassion. And so we've already kind of talked on this episode today about how important it is to be mindful of our thoughts, our behaviors, and to really keep, um, keep those things at the forefront of our mind, right. Um, and keep ourselves accountable and continue to be aware of what's coming up for us. And then it puts us in the powerful position to, like Jenna said earlier, decide, right? Then we get to choose, like, are we going to go down the perfectionist path or are we not, right? Like we're empowered to choose in that moment. 
And then the second piece that we talk a lot about is because perfectionists love to be really fucking judgmental and critical of ourselves. Yeah. And so we like to instead really dive into curiosity, just really get curious about like, okay, what's coming out? Like with my experience of my latest middle finger perfection moments, noticing and being like, okay, Ashley, what's going on here? Like what triggered this, right? Like getting curious about it versus like, there you go again, Ash, like being people pleasing everybody. And wow, you haven't learned anything. Haven't you? Like, right. right? There's a difference in how we can meet ourselves in those moments when we find ourselves in like a perfectionist behavior or pattern. The last piece is huge. And I feel like this has probably been the the biggest, biggest transformation for me and maybe Jenna, you too, but just being kind to ourselves. Oh my gosh. Like just to be compassionate. Like we would to, you know, like we've heard this a million times as personal development peeps, you know, like being kind to ourselves as we do to the people in our lives, you know, so really meeting ourselves with that compassion. So that's, I think one of the most powerful pieces that, and tools that we can, that we teach the fam and yeah, we try to share as often as possible. I love that. I think something that I talk about a lot with the awareness piece is, and I don't know if y'all see this, but where people almost want to, they also want to be perfect with personal development. So if they've learned how to thwart their inner critic and they don't do it, and they catch themselves after the fact, they're like, shit, I'm doing it wrong. And I'm like, no, no, no. Awareness is the win. It doesn't matter if it's after the fact or not. Mm -hmm. In fact, that's your opportunity to course correct. And it's incredibly powerful in that way. So anyway, curious about your, your favorite tip, Jenna. Look at how perfectionism, people pleasing, conflict avoidance, approval seeking, how those things are serving you. What functions are they serving in your life? Like you were saying before about identity, we can't just like pluck out the perfectionism and people pleasing because then we'd be, you know, defenseless against whatever it is that we've been trying to grapple with. So like really getting curious and taking a look within as to what functions those are serving. Because once we figure that out, then we have a much better sense of how and where to intervene on that. The other thing that I would want to bring back um, from earlier in our conversation would be the values exploration. Like, um, and I love the way that you frame it as not like a shopping list of what I think my values should be, (laughs) but a really like a dialogue with yourself about like, what do I need in my life to feel fulfilled and to really look at what are the values that like real Jenna has versus perfect Jenna or Jenna, the daughter or Jenna, the partner or Jenna, the employee or whatever, the coach, the therapist, like not the values I've swallowed from the outside world, but what are like the real ones in here? Beautiful. I love that. Yes. So good. So good. So I think I heard the alarm go off. It's time for Ashley to wash her hair out. Wash some of that that dye out. Uh, But before I let y'all go and finish all of that, will you just tell the listeners a little bit about your show where they can find the two of you? How can they get more of the action? Jenna, go ahead. You don't want that blue hair to be, you gotta, you gotta start rinsing out. Yes. As you mentioned before, Amy, we have a podcast called Middle Finger to Perfection. We are currently releasing episodes monthly and you can also find us on Instagram at fperfect, E-F-F perfect. We're just always over there connecting with the fam, talking about all the things that we have talked about here today and just trying to hold ourselves accountable to noticing where perfectionism shows up and how we can tell it to fuck off basically. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So we'll definitely put some links in the show notes and you can find all of their goodies over at fperfect.com, E-F-F perfect.com. They've got some really fun merch y'all. So I, <laughs> I swooped in on a shirt that says worthiness seeker. And then the worthiness is crossed out and says joy seeker. So of course I had to Yay. jump on board with that, but thank you all so much for coming and talking to the audience. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So I'm much so for glad that you us. caught us in these good acoustics of this bathroom where we're just dying here. <laughs> I know it was, it was incredibly fortunate timing. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, ladies. Well, I'll catch up with you later. Thank you so much. Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Wow. What great luck that I have that every time I dial up an expert, they are magically available. So I'm hoping that this was incredibly helpful and you grabbed some little nuggets out of this episode from the things that Jenna and Ashley so generously shared with us. I hang out the most over on Instagram. So if you want to share your thoughts with me, find me under the handle at the joy junkie. Junkie is J-U-N-K-I-E, obviously. And share with me what your biggest takeaway is. I would love to hear from you. And Don't forget to go have a watch through that workshop, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop, if you're ready to dig even deeper and let go of some of these behavioral patterns like perfectionism. Also, if I have not given you enough things to do, one more thing on your task list, if you would be so obliged. I really, really appreciate any five-star reviews that you would be willing to leave most prominently on Apple Podcasts. That tends to be sort of like the big dog as far as podcast reviews go. But whatever platform you listen on, I would really greatly appreciate if you would rate, review, and subscribe. I realize that I don't mention that very often, and a lot of podcasts do. It really is super beneficial because what it does is it enables my podcast to get more visibility in the various search functions, and then that enables me to continue to do this podcast for free without a shit ton of advertisements and all of that all of that. So it would mean the world to me if you would take a moment to leave an iTunes review. I think that's it. Next week, I am thrilled to be bringing you a brand new tool episode. We're going to be talking about human design. And if you have never heard of human design, it is another methodology similar to horoscope or Enneagram where you have a specific chart based off of the time and location of your birth. And it is wildly fascinating, has direct parallels to perfectionism. So I'm going to be having Kelsey Abaddon next week. You will not want to miss it. She's going to tell you how to get your own human design chart done completely free. So stay tuned for that. And I will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life.